Hey folks, and welcome to Encourage, Build, Grow, the podcast for design professionals focusing in the areas of leadership development, communication, and personal development. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I am here today with a good friend of mine, Sean Smith, who is a team leader at what is now Big Red Dog, but what soon will become WGI. Sean is in Houston, Texas, and he is someone that I have come in contact with in the past. He's been on a podcast episode with me in a previous life, and uh, Sean's a really good guy. And so I had to I had to invite all of my friends to be on this podcast early because I wanted to build some momentum with people that like me. Then that way I could go out and try to talk to people that didn't like me and get them on my podcast. Because once they see people like Sean on the podcast, well, how will they turn me down? Right, Sean? Yeah, absolutely, Randy. I guess we're getting the band back together in a sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how are you doing? Oh, doing excellent. Uh, I mean, it's summer down here in Houston. So, I mean, we can't complain too much. We're we're not yet in that hot, humid, wet quilt phase, but we're getting there pretty quickly. Everything's going uh, pretty tremendously. I mean, as you mentioned in the intro, you know, we, we just recently were acquired by a firm out of Florida, Wattman Group Incorporated. And we have been adopted into their family as basically the Texas division, their Texas footprint or paw print, as it were. And things are going swimmingly well. I mean, it's been about six months on our end almost here in the middle of June, and we are full speed ahead. I mean, we aren't missing a beat. A lot of things that we were looking forward to in 2019 were the same things that WGI was looking forward to in 2019. And we are continuing to hit our metrics, growing at a pretty, pretty incredible pace. But all in all, on my end in the Houston market, you know, this is a huge, resilient, thriving market for private development, which I'm primarily focused in on the civil side. But you know, we we tie in all sorts of vertical construction and and whatnot. So I mean, things are things are growing really incredibly here in Houston too. I mean, all sub markets are hitting on all cylinders. So it's a pretty exciting time to be a part of this team and and be a part of this market. Yeah, I mean, I, I anytime I think of Houston, I think of Austin, I think of Dallas, I think of all of the explosive growth that are happening in those three huge markets. And then you look at just in general, what's happening in, in the state of Texas as a whole. I mean, infrastructure is booming everywhere. So there's a lot of work to be had. I think the biggest issue is A, enough time in the day to do all the work and B, enough hands to help you get it done. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we first heard, uh, it came down the wire that uh, WGI and, and Big Red Dog were joining forces. It was kind of serendipitous that two, two of the largest firms in Texas and Florida and, and two of the largest markets in the country, Texas and Florida, that is, you know, are joining forces. It's almost, it's almost like a superpower. <laughs> you get to this point in your career and, and uh, growth as a professional organization that you get to team with somebody who has a, a like-minded organizational values and, and plan and goal for, for the future. So, I mean, we're really excited in terms of you know, where we're going in terms of getting future talent, future work. Uh, infrastructure, private development. I mean, public-private. It, it's it's all it's all in our plan. I mean, and things are things are definitely on track for that. Just in general, the Texas market alone, whether you're in Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, or out towards out west, even there's just an incredible amount of folks coming to Texas, and there's a lot of infrastructure, there's a lot of private development that need to support that. Yeah, no, I mean that's I mean I get it, and I think kind of the marrying of the two. WGI and Big Red Dog, I think it, it actually makes sense. And as I was listening to you talk, I, I was sitting here and I'm, I'm I, I re- just thinking about the fact that I've actually had a chance to spend a considerable amount of time with the WGI folks down in West Palm Beach. I've done some trainings down there. I've spent some time with the Big Red Dog folks in Austin. I've done training there. And 
when I think about the cultures of those two firms separately, there are a lot of overlaps. And I think that's probably what has helped to cinch this relationship and, and how you guys have come together so quickly and that you know, you're not dealing with a lot of internal strife and strama and all that other stuff. And yes, I said strama, not drama, because <laughs> strama is strife and drama combined, which a lot of firms that get acquired or, or go through some type of M&A process sometimes experience, right? And as I kind of keep an eye on what you guys are doing from a social media standpoint, as I keep an eye and, and listen, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit, the podcast that you guys are doing, you guys seem like you're having fun. Like you're out yeah. there making money, you're doing business, but you're also having fun at the same time. And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always a bit of trepidation with M&A deals. I mean, I shared in that personally, once we had the announcement, you know, I knew at some point this sort of, this sort of plan and this organization would eventually probably join forces, whether we acquire other organizations or we get acquired or just merged in general. But the, the announcement still takes you know, a bit of digestion. I mean, you still have to, to turn it on all four corners, look at it and really inspect you know, what this new animal will, will be. And I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm no, I'm no uh, stranger to changing organizational patterns, but you know, I'm very happy with the direction that we're going. I mean, I, I'm not shy to go to senior leadership and ask them very thorough and hard questions. And they have definitely stepped up and answered those, you know, to my liking at least. And I'm, I'm really, really, really confident about the direction that senior leadership's taking the team, not just in the Texas team, but also overall across the country. So you're right. There's a lot of touch points and a lot of overlap that made a lot of sense in terms of culture, in terms of strategy, for sure. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. So where do you, where do you see the market headed Specifically there in Houston, I know you guys are, like I said, you know, the elephant in the room for every design firm is finding really good people. What are the biggest challenges for you guys identifying people for this, what is now this combined organization? Well, in Houston specifically, it was one of the younger offices of BRD prior to the acquisition. It has been a challenge of growing into the market and getting a significant foothold, which we've done pretty successfully in the last five years. We've always looked out for very strong leadership talent that we can uh, build, you know, have that tentpole to build around in terms of building a team around. We have a very strong production team here. And we've got some great young leaders here that are really pushing the market forward. And in just general across Texas, I mean, in Austin and San Antonio, our more established offices are continuing their success and continuing to grow and attract top grade talent from either entry level, mid level, and, and senior leadership. Same with Dallas too, Dallas and, and Houston being the newer markets. We're still growing pretty significantly. We're getting a lot of really cool, sexy work. We're getting a lot of interesting projects. We're making a lot of relationships with folks who recognize the value that we provide them at the end of the day, because we're not obviously not some fly-by-night operation. We provide a very high quality product for our clients. It's not simply civil engineering, it's entitlements, it's development services, it's a whole package. Uh, we help a client make a successful project from beginning to end. So it's been a, an interesting growth pattern. And it's something that resonates really well with clients and talent, especially especially younger talent coming into the industry. Yeah. And I think with that younger talent, one of the things that you constantly have to be thinking about is how are you going to develop them and bring them along, right? Because that's another big piece of the, of the puzzle. And I think people nowadays, young people that are, if I'm graduating from college, I'm an engineer and I've, maybe I haven't had the best of interns, internships rather. And 
I'm looking for a company that's going to really bring me along and develop me as quick as possible. Because of course, this young generation, Gen Z, which we're talking about now, which is just coming out of school, a lot of them, they have high expectations about what they're going to be able to do. And for them, it's going to be different than the experiences that someone like a Dave Wantman had when he graduated from college many moons ago. Not that he's an old guy, but (laughs) I mean, the bottom line is it's just different times. And even you've experienced some differences. So even what you experience, you're a millennial. We talk about these Gen Z kids that are coming out of school right now. Their expectations for what they're going to get on the job has changed drastically. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me personally, you know, I'm, I'm one of those uh, weirdos that took a break from college to uh, go overseas and visit Iraq and Afghanistan for a few years. You served uh, our country. So yeah, yeah, I was, that. yeah, I was employed by the federal government at that time. But when I came back, I, I finished my college degree, got my... Uh, degree in 2016. So I'm not too far removed from many of the young talent coming into the industry now, although I do have a a more significant leadership experience behind that. So I have a a much deeper connection or more familiar connection with the younger talent coming into our industry. This talent is, they're strongly connected to each other. I mean, if one internship from the next, they all share notes, they all tell each other, you know, what resonated with them, what what teams made the most sense, what teams took care of them the most, what teams taught them the most. So as soon as they graduate, as soon as they go to those career fairs, they know exactly which firms are going to resonate with them culturally. And every firm has to be on their game to treat their interns the best they can. I mean, they have got to invest in them professionally and personally and do so with an empathetic ear because that's how you continue to feed the hopper and how you continue to get quality candidates coming through your door and and applying for your firm. Yeah. And you actually make it a point. I mean, I mean, Big Red Dog before you got acquired and WGI, they always, you know, celebrated the interns that were coming in and there would be social media posts about them. And I mean, you guys have a great social media team and I know several of them. And and I think the world of Brian Peterson and the rest of those folks and the creative work that they do and, and the people that you guys had at Big Red Dog, it was always exciting to see who was coming in the door next. And how you celebrated them. At a lot of firms, these interns are basically, you know, only speak when spoken to and, you know, don't cause a ruckus. Just go over into that corner, go to that drafting table, get this work done, and we'll see you at the, at the picnic at the end of the summer. And that's, that's, uh, that's the experience at a lot of firms. But more firms are like Big Red Dog and like WGI are, are acclimating themselves to really celebrating these individuals in college while they're still in college and showing them a different type of experience that honestly it didn't exist 10 years ago. No, definitely not. I mean it it really comes down to the fact that the investment you put into your internships today will pay second and third order effects to those graduate engineers applying for your firm as soon as they graduate. You will have lines forming up at career fairs, you will have people consistently applying to you. I mean, we're, we're in a very favorable situation with internship applications and entry-level applications. You know, we, we know that young talent want to work for our firm because they see that they have an investment in them. We, they see that we're empathetic and understanding towards what they want out of their career. And we, we honestly, we take pages out of a lot of tech firms out there. I mean, we go above and beyond for our entry-level talent because that continues to show ownership and they invest really hard into the culture. They, they, they make significant investment personally into the success of their teams and their organizations. So it pays dividends, continues to have this second and third order effect ongoing as they become a full-time employee. And as they continue to get promoted, they're really interested in the overall success of the team. 
Yeah. And that's, I think that's what it's all about. And I think firms that take the time to really develop that part of the process, I mean, yes, you have to serve the client, you have to go out and develop business, but you have to take care of your people. I mean, your people are your bread and butter. And more and more design firms now are figuring that out, truly figuring it out. And it's not just the higher ups or the leadership that are being taken care of and everybody else is an underling, but everybody is being embraced now, which I think is refreshing for this industry. And honestly, the industry didn't have any other choice because there aren't enough people to go around. No, definitely not. I mean, and, and that's, what, that's something that we you know, capitalize even in terms of our physical environment. I mean, you've been to our offices. There, there really isn't a single cubicle to be spoken for. I mean, our senior leadership sit next to the production team, sit next to the accounting team. The only offices that are really private are HR for you know obvious reasons. But yeah, that, other than yeah. that, mm-hmm. other than that, we've got this very open atmosphere, and we make sure that everybody feels like they are on the same level. Even though we are you know within an organizational structure, we all have the same mission, the same purpose, and we all matter. At the end of the day, it's a bilateral sort of discussion. It's a bilateral attempt to serve our clients and our employees equally. At the same time, we provide value in both directions. Yeah, that's awesome. So I understand that you've been doing a little bit of traveling when it comes to the podcast and getting around to visit some of the other offices and interact with some of the folks that that are around the company. How's that been for you? Oh, it's been great. I mean, I I personally have uh, traveled through the internet at least, but the uh, oh. podcast the podcast has been taken on the road. I have not yet had the opportunity to travel back to Florida. Uh, oh, okay. You had me fooled, man. You guys. Sounded, the quality of the podcast sounded so good. I thought you all were in the same room. So, well, I appreciate. It. I'll take that as a compliment for my <laughs> audio engineering abilities. That I, <laughs> my homegrown audio engineering abilities. But you know, we we have announced you know in the recent months that Unleashed, previously the Big Red Dog podcast, is now Unleashed for WGI. I mean, we talk about the the people, the projects, and the culture of our team. And we have started talking to folks finally over in uh, West Palm and Fort Lauderdale. Jacksonville. We've got somebody from Chicago. You know, we're, we're we're making our ways around. I mean, there's I think 18 offices now, so I've got my work cut out for me. I think over almost 600 folks. So I mean, we could be doing this podcast for a while, and hopefully that continues to grow. Maybe it'll just continue to grow so much that I can't possibly ever produce enough podcasts to interview everybody. But you know, I'm really excited to listen to everybody's stories. I mean, for me, the podcast was an opportunity to just learn more about my team members, and it just happens to be something that I that we record and put online and. It's been really uh, successful, actually. We get a lot of, especially younger talent, reaching out and letting us know that they really appreciate it because there's so much ambiguity, so much you know, smoke and mirrors when it comes to being a junior engineer in this, in this industry. You don't know what you're getting into until you start a full-time position half the time. And for them to hear actual stories about people in the industry, about their experiences that are close to their age, you know, it's really resonant. It resonates very well with them. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense for them to kind of do some due diligence on the company and they understand what they're getting into before they uh, click that apply button. So it's been great. I mean, I really have really, it's been a privilege talking to everybody and, and everybody's been very generous with their time and their stories and I'm looking forward to continuing doing it. Well, and that's exciting. I mean, I, I like I remember back in the day when I had a chance to interview Will Schneer a few times and then I interviewed you and, you know, I've been saying for a long time, actually, that I've been telling any design firm that would listen to me you need to start a podcast. You guys listened. There are like one or two other firms that have listened, but there's still so many that are not listening. So anybody listening to this podcast, if you run a design firm and you want some help on getting 
your podcast off the ground and you want to want someone to make a case for why you should do a podcast, well, just listen to everything that Sean said. If you need any fundamental help with that, I'd be more than happy to help you out with that. But I'm trying to, one of my goals with Encourage Build Grow is to encourage firms to build podcasts so they, they can grow their firms. And I just kind of made that up. It just kind of, it kind of <laughs> lines up. But the bottom line is I'm serious. I think that it's a missed opportunity when you don't you know, highlight what makes you great and what makes you great are the people that you hire. And you guys are doing that. Like that young man from Tallahassee, and I can't remember his name, but I was really impressed. I mean, I, I listened to that on a run and I was, I was really engaged and he was talking about how he and the rest of the team have gone out into the Everglades and, and done a lot of surveying and, and the work that they've done. And, and it was just, it was really enlightening. And if I'm a young 15-year-old kid and I'm dialed in from a technology standpoint and I'm thinking I want to go into surveying and I go to Google and I search up surveying in Tallahassee and something like that podcast comes up, I'm going to think long and hard about reaching out to WGI to get more information and find out more. And that to me is the low hanging fruit, right? I mean, it's just, it's there for the taking. All you have to do as an organization, and you guys are doing it perfectly, is share what you guys are doing and share the individuals because what makes a company great, like I said, are the people. And once you get, once you really start tapping into the personalities of each and every individual, including yourself and including other people that are hosting it, I mean, it, it takes on a life of its own. And I don't think you're ever going to run out of material. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and that, that gentleman was uh, Stephen Dees. He's one of our surveyors and training over there in Tallahassee. And, you know, one of the things that, I mean, you, from that story alone, and really the common thread throughout all of the interviews that we've done so far has been, or really what has surprised me really has been the authenticity that people have been offering in terms of their stories, their backgrounds, you know, some things that are, you wouldn't expect from perhaps an engineering or design professional to be willing to share on a very public forum, you know, that's being distributed on the internet. I mean, we, we aren't typically considered a very outgoing bunch, you know, engineers and, and whatnot, but I've been so, you know, I mean, absolutely floored by the amount of authenticity and transparency that folks are willing to to share in terms of their personal lives, in terms of their professional lives. And, you know, what we really have kind of based the, the podcast on is the sense of radical transparency to, to give people a look at what this team looks like as individuals, not just as our resume, not just as our SOQ, not just, you know, what our, our flashy branding looks like. It's the actual individuals that make this team so successful. It's because we're authentic and empathetic people. And when that podcast airs and we have, you know, blogs, you know, featuring our interns and, and team members, people can see that these are real people doing real work, regardless if you're a client or a potential you know, candidate for as an employee sometime in the future, or just uh, someone gen generally interested in the industry. It has been a tremendous impact for me personally, but also just for everybody who's been a part of the podcast has been very proud and fond of the, uh, of the result for sure. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that. I, I'm getting more and more excited I did a talk last year and just making us a claim for why any company should develop a podcast, a corporate podcast for their firm. And, and it's not so much, I mean, the natural inclination is to think, oh, from a business development perspective, it makes sense, right? We're going to tell everybody about all the amazing things that we do. That's part of it. That could be part of it. The real part is to highlight the people, like we said, and, and that the rest of it kind of takes care of itself. Because even on that episode that we listened to, there, you know, he highlighted all of the 
technology that you guys were using for surveying now and, and the capabilities that you have. And I mean, it's, it's like a commercial without being a commercial, mm-hmm. which yeah. is kind of nice. Yeah, we, we definitely quickly realized that the platform itself would be more so for almost kind of a recruiting and retention platform rather than a business development platform. You know, really, I don't expect you know, a great deal of potential clients or existing clients to list, dial into a podcast detailing all of our service lines. I mean, it, that's not what they're primarily interested in. They want value. They want results. They want the product. You know, we can go and discuss that at any time with any of our clients. So the, the podcast itself really isn't geared towards that. It's, it's really about investing in our team and showing them how much we really truly care about them and uh, truly caring enough about them to show the, on public forums that these are our people. And you know, we, are, we recognize that they may very well get recruited. We may very well that they might get contacted by folks outside of our firm. But at the end of the day, we know that we're taking care of them. We can trust in the fact that we're taking care of them well enough that they're going to recognize that the grass isn't greener on the other side. And they're really going to recognize that we are invested in with them as individuals, not just as employees. Hey, amen. That's what, that's the, I couldn't say it any better than that. Well, let me ask you this, Sean, because I know, again, you shared earlier and, and, and that you're a veteran. And, and again, we really appreciate your service to this country. I'd like to know, what are your thoughts about ways that design firms can position themselves to take advantage of those individuals coming out of the military? And we've talked about this before, but what are ways that design firms can position themselves to to get some of the best and brightest that are finishing up their duties and heading back into civilian life? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, this is I mean, this could probably be a podcast to itself. For <laughs> right. Sure. I know. I know. Um, there are a lot of resources out there. But ultimately, what I feel affected me the most as a professional, as a veteran entering into this profession, at least, is that engineering tends to be very conservative in terms of the... Uh, more traditional framework of business. What I wanted very quickly in my career was to leverage my leadership ability. And engineering firms often do do not empower young talent to step into management and leadership roles quickly because of our professional certification timelines. You know, it takes four years for us to get our professional engineering license. And, you know, I'm on track for that. I I just passed my PE and should have my seal by the end of the year. But congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it took a little bit of studying, but I'm, fine. I'm glad to have it behind me. But, uh, you know, this team, this organization definitely empowered me and trusted me and my abilities from my past experiences, especially in the military, to step up and take leadership roles. And there aren't a lot of firms that are willing to do that without you having a traditional engineering certification and experience to uh, support that, basically. Veterans tend to learn very quickly. Veterans tend to grasp concepts very rapidly and they focus on accomplishing a mission very in a very intentional and focused way. So it's really not the same timeline for somebody who has been four, five, six years in active duty service or reserves of National Guard and have served as a squad leader, team leader, or an officer even to step into this role as a graduate engineer or an entry-level engineering role and climb the ladder at the designated time frame. That's one of those things that frustrates veterans the most is that they get into these industries, not just engineering, and aren't able to accelerate themselves in the way that they want to because their particular skills aren't being leveraged. And it may necessarily mean that you have to have them, you know, saddled between two different roles. I mean, there might be a kind of a hybrid role where they take leadership opportunities and management opportunities, but also, you know, are coupled with somebody who has technical experience. And in my case, I have somebody that works with me to seal my plans with me. You know, when I'm, when I have to sign and seal plans, but 
by and large, the, most of the project management and even the design and design management is coming through me. So, you know, it, it's just about creating those opportunities for those veterans and not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and, you know, keeping them engaged in a mission and realizing the ultimate result that you're looking for for them and continuing to can give them challenges at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, you said it, and especially for a lot of these guys that are, they're coming out of the military and, and, you know, some of these, some of these guys and gals were, you know, were responsible for other people's lives. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, we, you know, we think, oh, well, they did, they don't understand what we do here in the design firm. And I'm like, no, they get an idea of the urgency of, of situations and, you know, how, especially for engineers and architects, if you don't design something or build something properly, people could die. And in the same way, and, 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 and when you're serving in the military and you're, have other people under your charge, you're responsible for their safety. You're responsible for their lives, essentially. So I think there's a definite correlation and a connection between the two, which, you know, would, you know, you would think that more design firms would, would be actively recruiting out and finding well-qualified candidates coming out of the military that could then become part of their organization. So, yeah, definitely. So I, I hope to see more of that happen in the future. So as we wind up, I'd be curious to know, what is the talk around the water cooler? What are you hearing your peers talk about when it comes to, you know, areas that they're looking to improve upon as they grow in their career? And it, not, it has nothing to do with what WGI or Big Red Dog is able to offer, but just in general, I mean, what is the general consensus with your peers about, man, I need to, do, I need to be able to do this better. I need to be able to do that better. What are the things that you're hearing What's the constant refrain that you hear over and over again? Certainly among the peers that I recently graduated with, I think the most, one of the most common things that I hear is a sense of balance between work and life. Um, I mean, that's, it's a catch where, I mean, that's a catch, like a, a very common, you know, focused uh, issue that we've dealt with over the past couple of decades for sure. But now it's kind of taken a different definition with the millennial generation and Gen Z entering into the industry. A lot of folks want more remote opportunities. They want flexible hours. They want benefits that really truly reflect the value that they provide a company, whether that's through you know retirement benefits or you know being able to take a hiatus at some point, a paid hiatus or some sort of long term vacation after four or five years, for example. Maternity and paternity leave, you know, re- realistic maternity and paternity leave, not just you know here's a here's a week or so you know for you to recover like. That's not realistic for a mother to 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 give birth and recover. You know, it, it it's becoming more aware of the many diverse backgrounds of professionals that we have in this industry and being able to accommodate them in a very real way and not just because everybody else is doing it the way that it has been done. Stepping up and actually identifying those opportunities and and taking care of those team members. And secondly, really professional development is something that's always always an element that folks are bringing up. I mean, it's just the opportunity to continue doing continuing education and uh, you know, being able to learn new skills, uh, whether within your teams, outside your teams, or outside your firm, you know, cross-training, things like that. And I think organizations today are stepping up in a meaningful way to offer those sorts of you know, seminars and luncheons and, and offer things that make a lot more sense. And with you know, the ability to publish that online and everything, it's obviously much easier for folks to be aware of what's going on. And uh, additional just certifications that, that pop up, you know, whether that's lead certifications and vision certifications or PMP certifications, leadership and management type certifications, those sorts of opportunities are 
definitely well sought after and folks are really very fond of it when teams and uh, companies rather are able to to help fund those those uh, pursuits. Yeah, I mean, I hear that over and over again. And you're so right about the work-life balance thing. Um, a lot of that I see on the side of personal development, personal care, right? It's like, sometimes you just have to tell people you need to get seven or eight hours of sleep. You need to make sure you take some time for yourself. You need to kind of step away from the desk while you're at work. I mean, there's a, a lot of little things that you need to do. And then you need to remember that you need to have a quality of life in the office and that quality, you need to have the same quality of life outside of the office, right? I tell a lot of people that the people that you work with, you spend as much, if not more time with them than you do with your personal family, your actual family. So it's important for you to be in an environment that is positive and that's nurturing. And I think the firms that are taking the time to figure out what nurtures their people and what keeps them going both in and out of the office, those firms are going to be going to be around for the long term, I think. So it makes a big difference. Even little things like, and I always share this anecdotal story because it's true based on some, some research that um, financial, financial training programs that do financial literacy, they did a study that showed that for every dollar that a firm spends on financial literacy for their employees, they get a three to one return on that investment. Wow. So, right. Yeah, exactly. So think about it. I mean, just like, for instance, at any, at, if I walked into any office, employment off, uh, any company rather, and said, listen, I'm going to help all your people become debt free. And, and ultimately that happened in a, you know, maybe a period of time. It would be hard for people to leave a place that helped free them from a situation that affects most of us, right? I mean, our, I mean, our government has some debt. Personally, our, our debt has r- risen since the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. And so we're still, that's still something that we struggle with in this country and in other countries. But the bottom line is a lot of times, if you figure out a way to scratch where people itch and solve problems for them, they will be great, more than grateful for those problems that are solved. And they'll remember who helped them do that. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. So you're absolutely right. And I appreciate you sharing that feedback and information. So as we wrap up, I want to hear from you. What What's the latest book you, you've read that, that has really impacted you? Inquiring well, I, minds want to know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm always, it, I usually use audiobooks. I actually, I think on the last interview that we had together, I was talking about my commute. I've actually moved within five minutes of the office, but now oh I Oh my walk goodness. Because your commute was what before? It was like 45, 50 minutes? Yeah, it was very yeah. long. Uh, yeah. But I've, I've moved uh, within five minutes driving distance of the of the office and now I'm walking to work for 20 minutes. So that's my, uh, my daily podcast and audiobook dose. So oh, I good. still guess to find a way to program it in and do it a little more healthy, hopefully. Okay. Uh, lately, I've been uh, working my way through Principles by uh, Ray Dalio. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, the founder of uh, Bridgewater. But that's been very, very uh, helpful. And I think it, he's got a lot of interesting wisdom in there, for sure. Um, not just for professional endeavors, but uh, primarily for personal life. So it's been a good, good read for sure. But it also bleeds over into the workplace too. So, I mean, a yeah. lot of what he talks about and are, do, do you have, happen to have the app, the principles app, or are you listening to the podcast? Are you listening to just the book of the audiobook? I do not have the app. Yeah. He mentions it in the audiobook, but I'm listening Yeah, through Audible. Yeah. So I haven't yeah. downloaded it just yet. So, yeah. And he's really smart. He just decided that, you know what, I'm going to give it away for free. He created mm-hmm. an app. It's called Principles by Ray Dalio. And in that, it has a, a physical copy of the book. So you can read through it on your Kindle. 
and it has an audio version of the uh, of the book as well. And then it has other aspects that it makes you aware of. And I'll put a link to that principles app in the show notes for anybody that wants it. So yeah, um, I think that would be good. And um, so tell me, what, what's the latest movie you've seen that you really enjoyed? Whew, I don't even remember at this point. Uh, I, we, I've been trying to get to see Captain Marvel so I can eventually see the latest Avengers. Um, right, right. Trying to continue my com- you know, completionist version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that, I've caught up pretty well. But I think the last one I may have watched was Ant-Man. So I could catch up to Captain Marvel so I could catch up to the Avengers. <laughs> so you saw Infinity War. I did see Infinity War. I did not okay. see Endgame yet. So, but, you, but unfortunately, because of the way information leaks, you know what happens, right? I don't actually. No, I've avoided spoilers for what is oh, it, forty-five okay. days now. Yeah, uh, well, you, you're doing a good job. I mean, clearly, you're not paying attention to much at all because no. there's so many little hints dropped here and there about what happens, and I won't ruin it for you. It's really a good movie. Definitely see Captain Marvel. It is worth it. But Avengers Endgame, it's uh, quite interesting the way they tie everything up. So. I'll be sure to circle back with you to see what you think about that. At the end. <laughs> well, listen, do you have any final thoughts for our audience before we conclude? I mean, I, I guess really what I like to leave on with most design professionals and folks that are in my peer groups is really to, especially junior leaders is to, to lead with empathy and connect with your team members and invest in them as people, you know, the project management, the design, the client relationships, all of that will come if you primarily focus and take care of your team first. All of that follows behind that because your team will take care of you and the organization will thrive because of it, for sure. Man, that's it right there. Spoken like a true leader. Sean Smith, thank you so much, man, for coming on the Encourage, Build, Grow podcast. It means the world to me. Like I said, I know we've hung out before and uh, you've been on previous podcasts with me and now you're on this new podcast. So I, I really appreciate it. I also appreciate all your encouraging words. So thank you so much. And folks, you got to check out the WGI podcast. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And uh, Sean, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? On Twitter, I am at Terrio Smith. It's spelled the Riot Smith. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Sean Terrio Smith. I've got a blog for uh, Houston Development. It's called Building Bio City at buildingbio.city. Otherwise, you can find me online with uh, WGINC.com slash podcast. You know, I'm around. So you're all over. Well, I'll get all that information and we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes as well. And so, again, thank you so much for, for coming on the Encourage, Build, Grow podcast. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Randy. I, I, it's, a, it's definitely a genuine pleasure. Thank you. So, folks, there you have it. Sean Smith from WGI slash Big Red Dog, soon to be exclusively WGI. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I had so much fun hanging out with Sean and and just chatting with him. And I hope that you got some nuggets of wisdom and some ideas out of what Sean had to share about some of the best practices that they're experiencing there at WGI and what he's doing with the podcast. And I was serious about what I said. If you are interested about getting a podcast started for your company, let me know. I will take care of you. I'm your man. We'll get you set up. We'll get it going. You don't have any fear. You don't have nothing to worry about. So reach out to me, randy at encouragebuildgrow.com. And uh, just mention that you heard me here on the podcast and we'll go from there. And that'll be that. If you contact me and we reach out and we talk, it's I'm not an attorney, so I won't be charging you in, in six minute uh, increments. We can have a nice conversation. I can find out what you guys are up to and, and see if there's some way that we can help you out. But outside of that, folks, I really appreciate you listening to this episode of Encourage, Build, Grow. 
We will be back with you next week with another episode and another great guest, just like Sean. I'm out and you guys have a great day. Peace. Peace.